Welcome to the Realizing Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Christensen. This is where we dive in each week to chat about parenting, education, and realizing our children's genius. I'm an educator with a background in individualizing learning, and I'm obsessed with helping people find and nurture that genius in their children and themselves. Let's dive in. Hi, geniuses. Today, I have Diane Kelly here from The Simple Scholar. And Diane, I'm so happy you're here today. Oh, me too. I'm really excited to talk about the things we're going to talk about today. What a great, yes. great topic. Yes. No, you help parents see the genius in their kids and support homeschooling families. And that is just so dear to my heart as a you know, veteran homeschooler and someone who also that's part of my mission is to support parents and educators. Uh, what, what do you do in your business? Just, can you share that with us? Well, so I named the business, the simple scholar, because I'm about simplifying the processes for parents. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I don't get into testing and I don't get into, um, you know, all of the psychological parts of being a genius and all of those kinds of, you know, left brain, right brain, and all that stuff that everyone else in their expertise can do. I take the, the elements of education and simplify them in the sense that I'm going to help this parent to understand that their child does not have to stay at grade level. And even if their child is behind, we can help that child realize that they are not behind by challenging them to do something that's at a higher grade level. And so, um, you know, essentially I teach about ditching the grade levels between fifth to eighth grade and switching over to a mastery approach. And the very first thing I ask parents to do is with your fifth through eighth grader, I want you to obtain somehow ninth grade level language arts and start teaching ninth grade level language arts. Just get rid of fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And your child who's behind, or your child who you consider as average, or maybe you may not think of them as a genius, in a very short time, you're going to realize that they actually can do this work. They can do it. And so um, you just have a longer time to do it. And so you're just taking all of that grade level restriction and those years of redundant work off the table and saying, we're going to take fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, five years. We have five years to do this ninth grade level language arts. We're just going to go slow. And it typically goes much faster than what parents anticipate that it would go. Oh, I bet. I bet. But but what about standards and common core and all of that isn't that important uh not really Um, so (laughs) the standards of course are a mirage and the standards were created in 1909 um, after congress passed a bill to get the federal government involved in education and to add four more years to education education well compulsory education ended between fifth and sixth grade uh, kids were not required to be in school after fifth to sixth grade and it still wasn't regulated at a federal level but then um, seventh and eighth grade was optional if someone had an eighth grade education they actually had an exceptional education uh, really close to what people with master's degrees have now and so um, 
But when they reorganized the schools to add four more years, they had put Harvard in charge of that. And so when Harvard did that reorganization, they didn't add any content to curriculum. They created all, they had to create standards that didn't put Harvard out of business. Because if they had taken it any <laughs> higher than eighth grade, then Harvard is saying, well, but then that's, that's stomping on our income now. You know, why would anybody go to college if we take all the college work and add it, you know, for ninth through 12th grades? Yeah. So um, they didn't add anything to the curriculum. And so the standards are a mess and they are, they're not real. It's a mirage. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, as a credential teacher, I have had to deal with standards and they, they're just hoops to jump through and they hold kids back. They really hold kids back. Well, and the whole purpose for the reorganization of the schools was to keep them in school for eight hours a day or seven hours a day until they were 18. Mm -hmm. and so when you look at the whole picture and you see all these different components of why they did that, why they added four years to school um, was to keep butts in seats. Yeah. <laughs> right? I hope that's not offensive to anyone, but that's literally what it was. We want to keep yeah. those seats all day to protect them or to control. Some of the politicians wanted to protect them and some politicians wanted to control what was taught. So if we could keep them for that many hours a day, but that's not how many hours a day that it takes. And so they have to fill up the time and that's where we get all of these extra standards coming from, you know? And a lot of it is redundant. It's redundant from about fifth grade all the way through 12th grade, it's redundant. Same standards, different name. Same yeah. concept, different name. Yeah. No, and they just, the standards, I, I don't know. Have, have you read? tried reading them oh yes I actually tell people how to understand them oh good <laughs> I have, a, good. I have an entire workshop that tells you how to understand the, the standards and how to interpret them so that uh, you can pull out what is necessary from the standards there is an objective right. to the standard and all you have to focus on is the objective all of the other gobbledygook underneath the standard is ideas or bullet points of how to achieve that um that objective, but the objective itself, you can learn, you can teach the objective any way you want to. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that is so true, so true. So mastery, I really like that concept, but one of the things, I mean, I, I was a homeschooler for years before I went back to school and got my teaching credential. And one of the classes I had was um, one of the writing prompts was, what would you do if you could not give your your students grades? How would you inspire them to learn? And as a homeschooler, I was kind of like, yeah, I do that all the time. You know, I, I love that prompt. I'm sure it really stumped a lot of, of teachers, but with mastery, you know, it's not so much the grades. I mean, you're going for mastery. You, you want a hundred percent, right? Well, you want a hundred percent on whatever rubric you're using. So sometimes parents use worksheets and if you get a hundred percent of it, right, you always want a hundred percent because the concept behind mastery is that if they do not get a hundred percent, then they've missed something. Mm 
And now is the time. Mastery means you're stopping and you're addressing what was missed. So, uh, you know, we had talked uh, earlier about that, you know, if a child gets a 60% or a 70% on a paper or even overall, you know, in for that whole year's worth of curriculum, 60 or 70% is a passing grade. 60% is a D, it, it passes. 70% is a C, it passes. 80% is a B, it passes. And a lot of parents are like, high five on the B, you know? But what you have to look at is the other side of it, that a B grade means they miss 20% of the concepts. You have to stop and address them. And that's what teaching mastery is, is stopping and saying, no, we're gonna address these missing concepts until they're 100%. And sometimes parents will say, well, um, but what if my child says, oh yeah, I know what I did wrong. Make them prove it, that they know what they did wrong. Don't just brush over it. Because if you brush over it, what you're doing is those missed concepts, some things are sequential, especially when it comes to math. Math should always be taught 100% to mastery because everything in math is built concept upon concept. So if they miss one concept, mastering it, it's going to set them up for trouble down the road. It, it's a very, I mean, with math, I have worked with so many kids and parents in math and find that when they're in the middle of algebra, algebra one, halfway through algebra, they're really struggling. Where in their last pre-algebra class, they maybe got a B and now they don't understand why they can't even get a C plus on papers and or on their work. Well, it's because someone passed you when you had a B and they shouldn't have. Yeah. That's a, not a good thing. And so when it comes, and, and we find a lot of the times where children really struggled, it has, you have to take them all the way back to long division. There's a concept they miss right after long division that is so important in math. And that's understanding what a fraction is. And I'm not talking about pizza math. I'm talking about understanding that when you see three over four, it means three divided by four. Every fraction you look at is a division problem. And that concept, once I teach that to the parents and their kids hear it, they go, oh, okay, now I get it. So now I can solve these algebraic equations because all I need to know is how to divide, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's it. And then it's a light bulb goes off. So mastery in math is so important. You must, must, must teach mastery in math. Otherwise you're setting them up for trouble down the road. And then everything else, you know. So, and, and then the other thing, of course, when it comes to social studies or art or music or um, language arts, having them teach it back to you lets you understand that they fully comprehend what you have just taught them or what they have mastered. And that is mastery. If they can reteach it to someone else, they've mastered it. Now, do you have parents that you work with kind of have issue with that? I mean, they don't they don't want their kid to fail over and over and over again. And I, I know when I first brought my kids home, uh, my oldest had gone to two years of traditional school and every spelling test I gave him, he would get one or two questions wrong and he would just end up in a puddle on the floor mm -hmm. because, you know, it, he was not being challenged in school, which is one of the things, one of the reasons why I brought him home, 
but um, he just couldn't handle failure. So do you, how do you deal with parents who are dealing with that with their kids? Well, again, it's looking at why is it failing? So spelling, rote spelling, meaning rote memorization of words, you know, the, the kind of spelling where you have to write the word 15 times and then you have to come up with sentences for the word and then you fold your paper in half and then your teacher gives you a spelling test and then you write the words as she gives them to you. Okay, that's rote memorization and it doesn't work for many kids today because our minds function differently. So when it comes to spelling, what I teach parents is if you really want to teach them mastery, ditch the spelling books and teach vocabulary. That's and exactly so what I ended up doing. <laughs> yes. Ditch the spelling books and teach vocabulary and how you teach the, the best way to teach vocabulary is to read from books that have more intelligent vocabulary. Um, you know, rather than reading an abridged version that has done them something down and said, oh, now this is this is um, fifth grade, like fifth grade language, any fifth grader could read it. Why would you read something that only any fifth grader would read? Why not pick up a piece of classical literature and read it at a higher level? You're going to pick up so much more vocabulary. Not only will they pick up vocabulary, but they're going to pick up grammar and punctuation as they read out loud because reading out, that's what punctuation is for. <laughs> yeah. Punctuation is to tell you when to stop, when to pause, when to intonate. And so they'll pick all of that up by reading classical literature out loud. Yes, yeah. No, I, I love classical literature is um, definitely something I'm all for. I like reading the good stuff. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of parents that, you know, this all sounds really good, but how can I do this? I mean, I want that for my kids, but how, I, I just don't think I can do it. Well, any parent can do it. All you need is the tools and the training to do it. Okay. And so, um, and because our training, where does our training come from? Our training comes from our experiences. And so the only thing most parents know is to do things like public school, but we learn that that doesn't work and that it was intentionally designed to not work the way we want it to. If public school doesn't allow your kids to move along at their own pace. They are locked into a box of a specific grade level. All eight-year-olds should be in third grade. You cannot move ahead to fourth grade, but you can't fall behind. So at the end of the third grade year, you still have to move ahead to fourth grade with all the rest of the third graders. And so that's the expectation. And it just goes like that, you know, for 13 years, it goes like that. And we're so conditioned to believe that that's the way it's supposed to be, that we don't know how to do anything any different. And so that's what I do at The Simple Scholar is I break this stuff down for parents and I show you how to, uh, we start with language arts and then we go to math and then we go, incorporate all the other subjects in. You don't have to know everything. As a matter of fact, it's better that you don't. <laughs> You're starting off because, because then you, you're teachable, you know, but, uh, but the parents who know everything, they still fight because of what they know and they wanna still do it the way they know. And so pulling all of that away and saying, okay, teach me, you know, make yourself teachable and then you can teach your children um, a new way to do things. Mastery, it's not anything like public school. And, it, and a lot of times it gets confused. People miss 
conceive what I'm saying and say, well, I'm, I'm not into unschooling. Well, neither am I. <laughs> I'm not teaching unschooling. I'm teaching you how to unlock that genius in your child and let them propel forward at their own pace and to show them what's possible. Because when they're very young and they start to get into this cycle of being behind and feeling like they don't fit in and they don't, they're not normal like everyone else, or they're not moving ahead like everyone else, that really messes with their head. And they start to believe that they cannot succeed at anything. And so trying to pull them out of that, you can't pull them out of that by giving them more of the same. You've got to change things up and say, okay, what if we challenge you and show you what's possible? You know, so you're not behind anymore. How do we get you out of being behind? Well, we go up a couple of grade levels on what we're doing. And then we just teach that slower. Yeah, so that mindset is that mindset is so important. Yeah. Mindset is everything. So important. Yeah. I, um, I use the term genius paradigm, which is um, basically having that mindset of seeing genius in each person mm -hmm. and uh, expecting that genius rather than, you know, oh, he's third grade. So he could, has to be in this box, you know, no, he's, he has, he is a genius. Um, well, and you can't, okay. can't imagine how many times I've sat with parents who have said, if, if my, if my child wasn't so overwhelmed with all of the stuff that they're behind on, I know that they have talent in specific areas, but I just don't know how to pull it out of them. And so yeah. they have a meeting with that child. And then we talk about what they like. And what's possible for them you know how do you incorporate those interests into a mastery program that is the fun part okay so uh met with parent last month who said um my i think my son is interested in asian cultures because he took these classes on asian culture well i encourage the parents to bring their youth into these meetings because rarely are they on the same page. I would say more than 90% of the time, um, the parent thinks they know what their child wants, but the child is like, I've just been going along with it, you know? And so uh, the mom explained all these things that she thought her son was interested in. And then I let her do all of her talking. And then I addressed the son. And I said, if you could do one thing all day, every day, and you didn't have to do anything else, and this thing made you so happy. It could be a subject or a topic within a subject, but what subject would you do if you could do only that all day? And he said, history. I love history. And so I said, here's what's possible with that. And so we went into, we talked about how he can incorporate his love of history and cover all of the points that you need to cover in language arts. You don't need a separate language arts curriculum to learn language arts. You can say, here are the bullet points of what we have to cover for language arts. We need to learn about the eight parts of speech. There's four types of essays that we have to learn to write so that they'll be able to write essays in co college. And then there's four types of sentences they need to know. And then there's the grammar rules, punctuation and vocabulary. So you can have a, a list of all these things and you can have them write their essay about whatever history topic they're talking about. You don't have to give them, you know, lists of, I've seen parents take jars and, and write topics and put the jar in, you know, all of the topics on little pieces of paper and put it in a jar. And, and then their kid has to pull out a topic and whatever they pull out, that's what they have to write about. And that kid just sits there stuck. 
you know? Yeah. It's like, just let them write. If they're into Legos, let them write about Legos. You can take Legos. I actually have a unit study on my website just to kind of give people a sample of what a unit study is. And it covers language arts, science, history, math, um, art, uh, music. It, it talks about Norway and Denmark and all of that as well. And you can do the same thing with something as simple as chocolate. I have a yeah. unit study for chocolate to show parents you can take something so simple like that and cover all of your subjects with it. And here's how you do it. And you just yeah. walk them through. And so that's, that's just take what they're interested in. Many, many, many kids are interested in video games. And so, you know, we meet with them and we say, well, is it just playing the video game that you like? Or are you more interested in how to do better at this video game? And if you were to do better, how could you make this video game better? What if you were designing the video game? What would you do to make it better? And then get them talking about that. And they can write a narrative essay. They can do an expository essay on how to make it better. They can do a, a book report. They can do a research report on video games and why they aren't better or what they could do. And there's so many directions you can take it. And so the, that's just examples that of where you can take their interest, but make sure it's their interest and not what you presume is their interest. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I had a student who was just struggling. I could barely get three sentences out of them in this one curriculum, I finally convinced his mom, let's just ditch the curriculum. And I asked him, what do you want to write about? And he said, parkour, which was his passion at that point. I said, great, go for it. Write a book, a, a paper on that. It was three pages. Mm -hmm. And he kept going to his mom and, oh, mom, listen to this. Oh, mom, listen. I mean, it was great. It was it was an amazing experience for the entire family because he was so excited about it. Well, and parkour has been around forever, <laughs> long before it was ever even written down what it was called. They were doing it. And yeah. so that's a huge history component right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. One of the things, uh, yeah, that whole thing about incorporating their interest into their language arts and, and other aspects, that's so important because in the school system, in the traditional school system, what they're doing is um, they've the standards have made it so, I mean, they're having to write papers in PE. Yeah. And I mean, why? <laughs> why? You know, focus on them writing because they're not writing well in language arts because the topics are so off and the instruction is so off and it's so unrealistic. Language yeah. arts is a living, breathing. It's about how we communicate, how we write, how we read, how we verbiate. It's all about language arts is about communication. And so it's communicating all the other things. I mean, you can even write, you can write papers about math. You can convince me why you do or do not have to take algebra. Write me a paper convincing me that. And so, and, and as they go through that, they write their papers. Then you can take that paper and you can have them edit it as far as, okay, well, I want you to use more verbs or I want you to use more adjectives. And where's your prepositional sentences, you know, when you get up into the higher level, where's your prepositional phrase or identify the prepositional phrases in your, in your uh, report here or your paper. And so, you, you know, as long as you've got the lists 
of what needs to be taught, your mind could go off in all different directions, but still a lot of parents don't feel confident doing that. And so just getting that training under your belt will bring you the confidence. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Diane, um, I have kept you for long enough, but I am so grateful. I will have in our show notes, all of the links to uh, your website and, um, and everything else. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Heidi. I really enjoyed talking with you and I definitely want to come back and teach you more. That would be awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into another episode of the Realizing Genius podcast. Head over to realizinggenius.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links and to share your ideas of anyone you would like to have me interview. Have a wonderful week realizing your genius.